Welcome to Friction Log. Rick, it's good to have you back. We have a special guest with us today. Uh, so I'm going to just let you introduce uh, James and let's get rolling with today's episode. Yeah, I'm so I'm really excited to have James on today. Uh, I just met James recently, like what, like three weeks ago. Yes, I use that. his new company's product. It's called Unkey. I love it. It's API key management, but a whole bunch of other stuff on top of it. Uh, I'm building one study, and we've we needed a public API really quick for a couple customers, and. Uh, I literally got the thing spun up in like, I don't know, 40 minutes with all my API routes that are public, like protected and rate limited and all this stuff. So absolutely love it. And so James and I were talking, I think a couple of weeks ago, um, trying to figure, you know, just doing like a product discovery call, I think. And, and um, I'm just really excited about this product and I'm really happy, James, you're on. I'd love to hear some more, you know, about, uh, you and your background, and I think you came from Clerk, right? You worked at Clerk for a little bit. I'm using yeah. Clerk as well, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, I'd love to give you the give give you the spiel. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So my name is James Perkins. Uh, I am now the CEO of Unkey. I, I have a co-founder named Andreas. He's the CTO. Um, I've been in the industry. Uh, this is my 16th year now. Um, I've worked at some really small startups, pre-seeds, all the way up to Fortune 500 to and above. Um, I started my my career as as uh, a Java developer, all back end, all day, um, and then I slowly moved into the web as as the kind of industry shifted and changed. Um, my first true big startup was Plaid, the fintech company that people uh, yeah, know yeah. and love. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, that was yep. my first one. Um, I was uh, support engineer, so I'd help people integrate Plaid into whatever platform they were building. Um, and then I was a manager there for a while. Um, and then I kind of moved on. I did uh, Tina CMS, which was um, one of the coolest CMSs that, that's been out, fully open yeah. source. Mm-hmm. Allowed you to use MDX and Git basically to power your entire site, and you could real-time edit on the screen. It was really awesome. Um, and then, yeah, then I moved to Clerk, which is where most people probably know me from now, at least in the last three to five years. Um, I worked at Clerk as a DevRel, and then I moved in back into management again, uh, managed the support team and, and the DevRel team for a while. Um, and then I founded Unkey with uh, Andreas, which is where we're kind of at now. Uh, we're finally officially full-time as of October, where we raised uh, one and a half million uh, to, to get the product going. Awesome. That's so cool. You know, I, I think it's interesting, James, so you started out... Um, as a support at Plaid as a support engineer, mm-hmm. um, and that both or at least I did, Cesar. I think maybe you came in at Accelerator as an app engineer, but I started as a support engineer. At, and I got to say that I learned so much about our product and our customers and everything through just the I don't know three or four months I was a support engineer before I, I moved on. That I. I, I constantly have this thought, like, you know, maybe it would be a good idea to have people when they come into a company work in support as a support engineer in any any startup because it's so valuable. I, I don't know if you feel that way, but that was kind of my takeaway. Yeah, when I started when I was at Clark in the very, very beginning of Clark, um, even before I was there. So I was actually like a big fan of Clark. I did a couple of videos for Clark on, on my YouTube channel, and then that kind of started yeah. the conversation with Colin, and then that's kind of how I ended up in the fold. Um, but when they were doing the original support before they hired support people, it was, uh, Colin, Braden, 
any engineer that had basically started and been in the product for a couple of months, they would do the support. And for me, it's super valuable. Um, At Plaid, they used to make their engineers do like a a day shadow where they would shadow uh, an engineer and, and sit with these developer support engineers and kind of figure out like what are these questions that people are asking and like how can we solve that problem in the product so they don't have to ask this question again. Um, and I think it kind of gets lost as the company grows. There's a point of like, well, we have 5,000 employees. Like, how do they all kind of come down and work in support, right? Um, yeah. yeah. But support yeah. is truly the lifeblood of any company. Uh, you could have the best product in the world, the best docs, the best everything. But if you have the worst support, you're more likely to lose a customer than you are to gain one. Um, I'm a big yeah. believer in that. Uh, we're a big believer that our Unkey, everybody's involved in support, even if you're a software engine. Um, you're in that, you're in the, the trenches essentially, uh, Andreas mm-hmm. and I take care of most of them just cause that's just the nature of, of being a pre-seed. Um, mm-hmm. but for the most part, yeah, even our eng will, will get in there and get their hands dirty and help customers out. Yeah. Um, as Rick said, I, I started as an app engineer at AppC back in the day, but I did support uh, before that I had my own, uh, little company back in Mexico and I was doing support and there is always you truly understand how people are using your product. You understand the limits of it. You're, you can tell when you're answering one of the emails or calls and you're like, yep, this is where we made this mistake or when we cut corners, this is how it's impacting. Um, and I agree with you, like as companies grow, are, it's very difficult to really um, have everybody doing a little bit. But back in my app development days, what we used to do was a day in life, right? Like mm-hmm. you were building a mobile application. Uh, like I remember there was this facility management company that I was working for. Um, and we wanted to build a, an app for the driver. Guess what we did? We sit on a truck for a couple of days. We deliver uniforms and a bunch of other stuff. And it was hard work. And like I was able to have conversations with their leadership saying, like, hey, by the way, those Bluetooth printers that you put on the trucks, nobody uses them. They're too slow. Nobody cares about them. We don't need to do any of that. Let's just send an email with the receipt. That's it. And they were like, how do you know that? I'm like, I was sitting on the truck. I was not able to drive it, but I was working there. So both support and day in lives are things um, as we go through this series of like building products and it, it's really where where the opportunities are because you're actually solving a problem that somebody has, um, whether that's with your product or with somebody else's product. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, James, one of the reasons why we called this podcast Friction Log is it's Friction Log is a style of, you know, user experience. Like, te- uh, like I'm going to write down every little friction mm-hmm. I have. And we're really passionate about just the, exactly that. Which I think is what we'll get into Unkey here in a minute, but I think that's what I like about Unkey is it clearly you've experienced some frictions and you understand some customer frictions that are solving some problems. So it's great. <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. Like for before we get into Unkey, but yeah, like my whole journey has always been about how can the friction be less, whether it's. You know, when I worked at my first ever startup, they were funded by a bank. So it was literally like Capital One Bank owned the company. Um, And it wasn't like VC funded. It was funded by a bank. And our biggest thing was we talked to people that register cars, like at a dealership. 
They have no experience with technology. They don't really know what they're doing. They're just typing on the keyboard. They've done it by paper for years. How did we turn that into an application? And we would sit there and, and we would be like, well, okay, well, why, why are they still using a paper version of this? What's the reason behind, why is there so much friction here? And that's been my entire career. I've always been in that space of like, how can I remove friction from, from whatever product I'm, I'm in or involved in? Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's great. So before we begin, we'd like to ask our guests one one question, which is, what is your? Do you have a favorite quote or something that inspires or motivates you? Um, what's 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 your go to thing? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of when when you sent this across, I was like, oh, that's an interesting question. I I so I don't really have a favorite quote, and I don't really have like per se like uh, an inspirational kind of thing. But I've always been inspired by my my dad for sure like my dad is cool my dad is just turned or is about to turn 60 um he's worked and grafted his entire life he's in the science industry so he's in the pharma industry um Mm -hmm. and and seeing him do everything that he's done for for my family and 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 really grafted and he's actually an investor in unkey which was like you know i didn't ask him to invest he he wanted to invest and it was one of those you know moments of like wow like you know, he must be inspired by what I'm doing to, to, to willing to risk money to, you know, maybe never get a return on it. Um, and then just people in my life that I've been either associated with for years. Um, I've seen them, you know, start in similar places to me and, and now they're in, you know, similar places to me now. Um, Mm -hmm. all those kinds of people just kind of inspire me to keep going every day. And there's a lot of those people that I would thank if, you know, every year and every day I see them, uh, cause they, they just keep me going and they keep unkey to where it is today. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I love the shout out to, to your dad. That's great. Yeah. By the way, just a side note. So the application Cesar mentioned he made in Mexico, I think was for your dad's business, right? Cesar. Is, and it was written in Java. So was, I don't know what's going <laughs> on here, but. <laughs> and now every time I talk to somebody that says, oh, is a Java developer? I'm like, I feel your pain. Yeah. Yep, yep. You don't have to say anything else. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. There is a lot of good Java developers out there and we thank them because there is still out there. Yeah, they're still out there. So, yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah, it was uh, it was a point of sale system with an inventory management. I like I basically sold half uh, my half of the company, but I kind of like kept my dad as a customer and he's still rocking a part of the system that I uh, I am rebuilding and using it for some of our friction logs. Um, so, yes, uh, yeah, I I think it's not usually like for me it's always uh it's always that it's a person it's not a quote that really inspires me and it's like there's a lot of hard work out there and what mm-hmm. we get to do here is very simple it's just typing on a keyboard but at the same time <laughs> you can do a lot more so that's cool. awesome i like it let's get uh let's on key on key um pun intended um on key.dev that's your website um what is the opportunity? What is the problem that you're solving? We're talking about about support. We're talking about helping customers. Rick mentioned he needed to secure his API. What is the problem that Unkey solves? Yeah, so the idea behind Unkey is that we want to be able to allow whoever it is, whether you've built APIs before or you've never built an API before, the idea here is that you can issue API keys to customers or even to internal teams if you're building an internal app. 
um, that essentially allows you to secure that API and have features like rate limiting or limited use keys or keys that expire after a specific date. You can add metadata. Um, and on top of that, uh, we're globally distributed. So the keys are super low latency, regardless to where the customers are. Um, if you, you know, you're a US company, but you have a bunch of customers in Europe, their experience is the same as if you're right there and right next to wherever it may be. Um, we have both, both Andreas and I have built APIs over the years. Um, and it's always the same thing, right? You usually end up building it in-house. And then yep. as you build it in-house, you start to realize that, oh, now we need rate limiting because now the app has become popular and we don't want to bring down our entire application. Or, oh, now I actually need my data centers to be distributed everywhere or my database that holds these keys. And we wanted to basically solve that by instead of you building it in-house and copying and pasting code that you've written 100 times, you sign up for our service and whether you decide to self-host because it's all open source or you just sign up and use the cloud service that we provide and we just allow you to issue a key and either one click or one API call and then you can verify um, them based upon um, whatever kind of key you create. And we have things in the future coming, but that's basically where we're at right now. And we can add roles and, and permissions to those keys. So if you need to really fine grain control how people access data, you can do that as well. Okay. I, I do have some background on API development as well. It always feels like it goes from zero to, oh, I got to roll mm -hmm. out Kong. API gateway just to <laughs> yep. do rate limits, right? <laughs> right. Like I, I got to put a, a gateway on top of it. And then, you know, the Kong experience on the open source side of the house, it's not great. Like nope. it's, it's very manual, which at some degree, like if you only need rate limits, it's probably better that you just put some sort of cash and do it yourself. Um, so you're really not going for that. Like I want the whole API management suite. I just want to uh, add the speed and I want to add security and you're picking like stuff out of what we will see as an API management solution uh, and just kind of like bring the pieces that give value. I see that. That's, that's pretty cool. I like yeah. it. Yeah. So we, we did very similar sort of things, right? So when we first thought of Unkey, which I'll get into kind of how it started later, but when we first were thinking, is this viable in any possible way? Like, do people really need this? Um, one of the things we did was we went around and signed up for every gateway that was available that wasn't like, you know, your standard AWS. Um, and it felt like you needed a PhD to just deploy it more than in one region, right? And that was like a whole thing. And then it's like, okay, how do I add rate limiting? Oh, I have to do all this setup. And now I need, I might as well just employ an entire team to do this. Um, yeah. And I know, I know, Rick, like we've talked about this previously where it's like, yeah, if you want a gateway, it's a complex system that, most people don't need in the beginning. You don't need all of this protection. You just want rate limiting or you just want limited use keys or some variation of this. And, and that's what we're solving right now. Mm -hmm. Yep. Awesome. Love the focus. And for, that's good. I, I guess from, from an architecture perspective, right? Like right now, like if you deploy something on Vercel or like Superbase Edge functions, like everything gets deployed uh, like on a CDN. Mm -hmm. But if you were to deploy a Kong gateway, then you're basically centralizing back into one single place that does the authentication portion of the API. And then it goes distributed and stuff like that. So you're still adding latency. And what you're saying, James, is we actually send those keys or we validate those keys on edge. So the same performance that you get from your unauthenticated service, you're also getting them 
um, with with own key protected APIs. So um, cool, I like it. I really like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really like it. I in, implemented it and off to the races. So that's great. So James, I th there's always like the killer feature or the killer thing. So it, when it, when you're a pre-seed or your seed startup, like usually it is just one thing and that's the focus. So what is the thing that like people are signing up for? Or, or is it is it one thing? Is it a myriad of things? I'm assuming it's one thing, but what's the killer thing? Yeah, so, in your opinion? Yeah, so at least in our opinion, it is the key features that we have. So just being able to issue API and verify them really quickly. Um, and then the secondary part of that is actually the analytical part of our products. So we provide you with the ability to either look at analytics right in our dashboard and see like, okay, which key is being used the most? Why are they using it the most? So if it's a customer that's big, you can understand like, oh, they're doing a million requests. Like, why are they doing so much? Um, yep. And you can also pull that into your own API and start billing them based upon those. Um, and we found that those two kind of things, like between rate limiting um, and these analytical data, people can upsell their customers or they can, you know, have this sort of, a good understanding of how their product's actually being used. One of the biggest things that we found was no one really has analytical data. You have to build it yourself somewhere in there. You have to start, you know, logging all of that out and then start building out charts and then the business people want them, but we can just provide you either one API call and you get all that data or you can just log into the dashboard and see, oh, okay, this API is being used. This key is being used the most. I know who the customer is. I can take that customer, I can send them an email, I can talk to them, I can upsell them, I can do whatever I want. Um, and those have been our real like killer deliveries at the moment. Um, we have some really cool stuff coming up um, that may shift that slightly, but right now that, that's been our main focus and that's what we're driving towards. And that's where we're seeing a lot of the growth. That makes sense. And Cesar, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think, know if you've played with it yet, but the nice thing is they have an SDK, it wraps their REST API, so literally, you just npn install. I have like a with unkey, like little wrapper middleware, and I just drop it in there, pass in the header, and then boom, we're just good to go. So it's it's it really is really quick, and it manages. Like James is saying, you can you can provision keys that are use you know usage based and or yeah, all sorts of different like configurations for the keys. It's pretty cool actually. Really yeah, I went through the website. I haven't used it yet. I wanted to first for us to talk. That gives me the fresh perspective. But um, I did went through the website. It's it's been hard for me uh, as my experience has been with Kong or with like the Azure App Gateway. Kind of like separate what you do from the rest of the API lifecycle management piece. So I'm like. So do you do, like, I, I was going through my head about, like, should I ask you about the API versions? And I'm like, no, you're, you don't really do that. You just do the authorization piece or the authentication piece, right? And then, like, do you know the users? Like, how do you, how do you authenticate users? What's the security model? Because at some point, you got to combine who the user is with the API key it is. And then I kind of, like, answer myself back and say, oh, no, not really. Like, you, you just do the API. It's so simple. But at the end of the day, it provides so much value because, as you said, you do get the analytics. You understand who's consuming the API. And that's something that any company building something, um, like I know you have a, a plug-in for Vercel and things like that. So any company building something faster than Vercel, they want to know that. That's the kind of data that matters. So that that's something very cool. 
What, um, James, what, what kind of uh, pushback do you get? Like uh, pushback, not in a bad way. Like, you know, we're building product and company, right? So there's always like, mm-hmm. well, why do I need this? Or why do I, like, what, what are the, some of the common things you hear? And then what are, what are some of your answers to that? Yeah. I, I can imagine what they are, but I, I'm curious what you'd say. Yeah, a lot of it comes from customers asking sort of like, well, what, what's the next piece, right? So there's a point where you outgrow API keys. This, it's just a fact of life is that at some point you're going to need a gateway, right? Like that's just how the business kind of runs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's something that uh, we, we, we do hear frequently is like, oh, well, why wouldn't I just get Kong or Tyke or Zuplo or whoever, and just have it there. And then I, when I need it, I I have it. Um, and and the answer that we've had is, you know, you've got to start somewhere, and this will translate into gateways in the future. Like Unki's future is in the gateway space at some point. Um, it is something that we have planned and we're building. But right now, as a small scrappy startup, whether you're, you know, Rick with with one study, right? Like you're small scrappy, you need to get going as quick as possible. Why would you spend your time provisioning an API and then your engineers, you know, waste 10 plus hours trying to figure out how to get it to work? Then it finally works. <laughs> and then you've got to figure out, okay, now I need rate limiting. How does that work? Like the, you take away that, that, that frustration with a good DX and a good experience by just being like, well, yeah, just a simple SDK or even a curl command, and you're already you're already done with this piece. And then mm-hmm. when gateways come, these pieces translate. Like we're not yeah. going to take away your keys, and the keys will always be there. But if you need a gateway in the future, we're going to have the same DX experience you have now, but with a gateway. And you can just issue it, get it going, and it will be globally distributed. It will be fast for all your customers, and you won't have the same problem that you have with these big, slow Kongs of the world where they're not really building those features. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. We can, we can talk about some of those future things. Uh, I I'm For excited sure. about that because like, <laughs> I hate gateways so mm-hmm. much. I mean, I worked on wait. data power at IBM and I worked, I've worked on Kong and I've worked on, um, what was the name of that gateway from Axeway? I don't know. But anyway, I hate gateways. So that mm-hmm. like, this sounds amazing. The future sounds amazing. You're painting a beautiful picture for me. I love it. So what? Uh, let's talk about like unkey business wise. So you, you just said you raised a uh, what million and a half recently. Yep. Yep. So how how's how is that like growth? And because there's expectations, right? When you raise a round like that, and then it's like, are you immediately? trying to raise for the next round because it's like, oh, we're planning for this kind of growth. And now I'm the CEO now and I'm busy and, and raising, you know, talking to people, getting ready for another round. Like how, how is that adjustment going from like scrappy little startup to just trying to get a couple customers to, oh my goodness, I have money and investors. I need to grow up quick. Like, how is that? How's your experience with that? Yeah. Uh, the experience is interesting. Um, I, it was very shell shock in the beginning. Um, so to, to give more perspective, we we started our raising of funds in, in sort of June, July um, was when we really started thinking that maybe we could raise money. And we joked around and we said, nah, we'll just do this part time. It'll be an open source project. And that's kind of what Andreas and I've done for years, like open source projects, mm-hmm. part time, yeah. and we've got full time jobs. Um, yeah. We raised this this large amount of money that we didn't really expect. So when we originally started our race, we were like, we'll do 500K and we'll split that 500K between us and we'll just stay real like scrappy. And our first investor was like, I'll give you 500K. And we were like, well, 
okay, if you're going to give us 500k, there must be more people that want to give us 500k if you're like willing to dedicate 500k. <laughs> That's um, great. Yeah. So then we kind of like made our, our round a bit bigger and then got some more investors. And that's kind of how we ended up at just over a million and a half. Um, and then I started full time in September. Um, and Andres was still part time until the end of October. Um, so in that time, I was kind of on my own, just like figuring out what does a CEO do. Um, <laughs> I think I think the first tweet that I I did after I turned CEO was just a Google search that said, "What do CEOs do all day?" And I just posted <laughs> that's great. That you didn't ask like, ChatGPT. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I, don't know. I don't know how this works. Um, and so yeah, in the beginning, it was it was very much like how do I balance building and also being the CEO? I've got all this other things i got to talk to the investors that we have or people that now want to invest because they we've raised a pre-seed mm -hmm. and now they want us yeah. to do a seed round and all those things start happening um and the expectations from our investors have been they've been really really great um there was minimal expectations in the beginning it was just like well you both are first-time founders you've never done this before um mm -hmm. let's figure out like what seems reasonable for q1 and then we'll start there and we'll kind of plan from there um, mm -hmm. And the growth has been has been exciting and great. Um, I think we're at sort of we've had twenty five hundred people at least try the product in some aspects, whether it's just sign up and look around on the dashboard or actually use API keys in some nature. And some of those have converted into paying customers. Um, we're we're at ten paying customers now, which is pretty good considering we only had like one or two paying customers the entire of last year we it was very slow it was like oh we got one decent customer and then like a one more and then that was kind of how it fell off and then in january it all picked back up again um and now we're at 10 paying customers and we're seeing anywhere from sort of 10 to 20 signups a day and then those kind of trickle out and some stay and some retain and some don't um right but most of my time at the moment is eaten by well, it's tax season right now, so I'm doing a lot of stuff uh, in the county, all that kind of fun stuff, <laughs> trying to get that all, all out of the way. Stuff, yeah. yeah, all the fun stuff that that um, you know, being the CEO and kind of doing the rest of the like HR and, and accounting stuff I've taken on um to give Andreas the ability to just focus on building. Um mm -hmm. that was the agreement we kind of came up with, which was like, hey, if I take the CEO role, you can take CTO and you don't have to worry about this stuff right now. Just focus on drilling down into what we want to build let's stay focused yeah. there and i'll take the focus on everything else away from you um which is why andreas is very heads down every day um we have a really small team right now uh it's just four of us so there's two developers andreas and i that's it um and so he keeps the eng team just focused on what they should be doing every day and i focus on big picture and talking to customers and doing all the other fun stuff um, nice. and, and it's working yep. well for us right now. And as the, the team grows and as we grow, that will shift and change. But, uh, right now that's, that's just the way it is. And, um, I get to code, you know, once every two weeks and I get to <laughs> get excited about pushing that PR of me. Like I did something, I feel, feel productive, <laughs> uh, which is a big shift, right? Like doing coding for, you know, like 15 years of your life. And that's all you've done in pretty much every day. It was a huge shift mentality wise, um, mm -hmm. And I can't thank enough like people in my life that have kept me like focused and been like, it's, you know, you're going to feel a bit different than you did before. Um, but now, you know, I, I've kind of sat into the role a bit more now that we're kind of six months down the line. Um, yep. And and it's good. It's good to see. That's awesome. Um, 
you mentioned four people work right now on the mm -hmm. team. You uh, so your job as CEO technically is just making those big picture decisions, right? So yep. have you, and we're engineers, or we all are technical enough, have you come up with your own framework of like, here's what I'm going to worry about? Like, what do you, how do you make those decisions uh, what you have learned so far? Yeah, so I don't have a framework for decision making per se. Um, we're very much in this sort of, we treat ourselves as an open company in the sense that everybody in the team can pitch something as an idea. Um, and then we talk about it openly without just the, you know, like Andres and I make a decision and that's it. That's the end of the discussion. Um, yeah. We spend our time very openly talking about everything. Um, my team knows exactly how much money we have in the bank. My team knows what the investors are looking for. Like all that stuff kind of comes along with, with the role. So the way we really make decisions around the product is one will, um, I spend a lot of, I, I don't sleep a lot just as an FYI. Uh, <laughs> I, I sleep like maybe three, four hours a night max. Um, so there's a lot of quiet time sort of, you know, say like 10 PM onwards where I get to think, mm -hmm about like, okay, let's think about the industry and where we're at and what we could do to make this better. Um, and then those kind of turn into Slack messages in our general chat. And then we talk about those and then we kind of make decisions based upon them. Um, and we, you know, th that's worked out really well for us. Um, especially when we first were really getting going, one of the big things was the AI, the AI boom kind of came at the right time for us in the sense that like, there was a lot of people building AI products they really needed APIs for a lot of things. How can we facilitate for them? And that's kind of how usage-based uh, keys came along and refillable keys came along because they were two things that we were seeing every day was like, oh, it's token-based calls yeah. where you charge out a token and that token then exchange for money. So we were like, well, if we build that feature, the AI people don't have to worry about it anymore. They can just use Unkey and then they can use that. And then boom, they've got this product and they don't have to worry about this. They can worry about the actual building of whatever product they're trying to build. Um, mm -hmm. And all those things kind of just come along as as we kind of see shifts and changes and and what people really want from the product. And, and that's been working really well for us. Um, and it will change over time. But right now, because we're so small, it's really easy to have that open discussion and make a decision probably within a week and say, should we ship this? Now, should we wait till Q2? Should we wait till Q3? Like, what's the decision around that? Um, and that's where I really come in and say, like, okay, this is the priority today. And then this is what we'll do after we finish this priority. Um, and, and you know, I talk to a lot of other founders, uh, which is always super useful. Like, I have a big network of founders. So for me, being able to send them, shoot someone a text and be like, hey, I'm thinking about this. What would you do? Like, if this was you, what would you do in this situation? And, you know, we riff back and forth about that. And we kind of exchange text or Google Meets or whatever. Yep. <clears throat> yep, makes sense. Cool. Okay. So let's let's get to, like, like the how did you meet your co-founder? Uh, your your co-founder, he worked at Upstash, right? Yes. It, yep. it, yeah. Because I've, I've used the rate limiting library for a few different projects. So, yeah. Okay. So how, how did you all meet? Uh, yeah. So Andres is a serial builder. Uh, he builds a lot of side <laughs> projects and, uh, we met during, um, I believe it was Planetfall. So he has a product called Planetfall, which is basically global latency monitoring. Um, that's the idea. 
Um, and he was building it with Clerk. And at the time, it was Next.js 12 had just come out. So that was like, no, wait, 13, 12. Whichever one was at Brower. I think that was 12, right? I can't keep uh, up. I can't remember. I don't yeah. know. It was like 30 well, tech years ago. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 30 years ago, was introduced. Uh, Clerk was day, basically day zero. We had support for it. Um, mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, cool. I'm using App Router. Let me implement Clerk. And then he was like, oh, I have a bunch of bugs. Can you help me fix them? And that's kind of how the conversation started. Um, and then over the period of time for like the next year or so, we were in touch about a bunch of different things. I helped Upstash for a while with some DevRel stuff on contract to try and help them kind of get more into the the space and how could they build um, a better framework around that. Um, so we were in contact a lot. So basically, that's how it all began. Um, and over time, we just we would talk every you know few days about different things and ideas and. Uh, maybe we could do this or that or for Upstash and maybe we could do this with Clerk. And that's kind of how we really became sort of, I guess, friends at that point. Uh, we've mm-hmm. never met in person. Um, so <laughs> That's awesome. It, yeah, I it's love a bit it. of a weird situation. <laughs> so it's always funny when, and when investors are like, so uh, yeah, well, you know, have you ever met in person? It's like, nope, uh, this has all been remote. He's in Germany, I'm in America. So like we've never really met each other. We will meet each other in April. We're going for an offsite. Uh, we're taking the team to the UK, so then we'll finally meet. But we've done this virtually since the beginning, um, and and kind of the just to kind of keep going. Like the idea for Unkey uh, originally was pitched as a sort of co-marketing blog post. So the I, original Wait, idea, what? really? Okay. Yeah. So original, I, now yeah. this is. Yeah. Intru- I love yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. I love this. Random. Okay. So the original idea, Andreas had come and said, "Hey, I have this idea for sort of like this API tool that we could use Clerk and we could use Upstash and we could kind of use Redis behind the scenes and Kafka and a bunch of other mm-hmm. stuff and we could build this like how to do this yourself kind of thing." And he pitched it to me and I said, I think you've struck something that could actually be something more than just a blog post. Um, And so then we kind of was like, okay, let's take this to like our Discord private channel so that like we're not talking in Upstash and I'm not talking on Clerk and let me go and get my other computer so that I'm not on a Clerk's work machine. Like this whole whole thing properly, right? Um, And so we started talking about it more and I was like, okay, pitch me the full idea instead of just like this blog post. And uh, he pitched me the idea, and I was like, yep, I'm in. Like, let's build this. Um, so that was June. <sighs> I want to say it was like the first week in June. So like the first, maybe the first or second of June. Um, it may have even 2023. been... 2023. 2023. Um, so it may okay. have even been after that, but it was around that kind of time, and we started building it on June 9th. Um, and then two weeks later, we had an MVP that worked. And then we launched it um, pretty quickly after that. I think it may have even been that two weeks. Basically, we spent unlimited amount of time just building. So it was like, <laughs> I finished Clerk at 4. I was on back online at 4.15, and I was building till sort of midnight. Um, mm-hmm. And Andreas would finish yeah. his role. Being in Germany made it really easy. So he would finish at my lunchtime, and he's like, okay, I'm going to go work on this. And then I'd get offline and he'd be like, okay, it's 10 p.m. my time. I'm going to be up for like three more hours. This is what I've done. I've just pushed to GitHub. Like now it's your turn. Take this, do whatever. And that's nice. kind of how we built the MVP part-time. 
and uh, we just kept going and going through things that we we were like, okay, we need this, let's build that, and we launched it, and then we were like, people actually want this, so we went from zero stars to like seven hundred stars in the first week. Nice. We were like, okay, yeah. people definitely want this, and then we signed up mm-hmm. like almost a thousand people in the first like two or three weeks. So then mm-hmm. we really knew that, okay, this is probably something people actually want, whether they understand what it is or not. That's a different matter. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then we were like, okay, we need to add pricing. We need to like start charging people if they want to pay us. Um, and that's actually how we got our first customer. We put pricing out and they happened to be building an API at the time and they were looking for keys and our pricing was pretty reasonable. And they were like, okay, we're in. And uh, they've been our biggest customer since pretty much day one. And, and they're... They, they've, you know, we tell them, hey, we're building this new feature. And they're like, we, we don't really need that feature. But if we need it in the future, great. Um, but they've just been happy building with with just API keys. Mm, that's so cool. I, I like the whole uh, you distribute uh, time zones so that, mm-hmm. you know, you just 24 hour. The yeah. sun never sets yeah. <laughs> on pull requests at unkey. That's yeah, how exactly. I write. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much. And, and it's, it's funny because I don't sleep a lot. I would message him at like two in the morning my time be like, hey, I was thinking about this. And he'd be like, shouldn't you be sleeping? And I'm like, yeah, I could be sleeping. And he's like, I'm just getting up. And I'm like, okay, I guess it's time for me to go to bed kind of thing. Um, <laughs> right. And then yeah. vice versa, like he'll be working at like two in the morning. I'm like, shouldn't you be in bed right now? And he's like, yeah, I guess so. And then, you know, he'd go offline and I'd be like, okay, let me do a couple more hours here and there. Mm-hmm. It's awesome mm-hmm. when you lose track of time mm-hmm. because of that, right? You're building something, you're excited, but you just don't see time. That's That's pretty cool. James, you sound a lot like me. I, I do a lot of my best work at nighttime. I just prefer it. <laughs> mm-hmm. it I yeah. mean, for me, it's always been about that's the quiet time, right? That's where, yeah. you know, like my friends or whoever or, you know, are all asleep. So now there's no notifications on my phone. There's no, you know, my Twitter is pretty quiet. Uh, I can focus and, and really get down to work. And I've always kind of been this person that, works a lot um mm-hmm. i've always been a serial worker in some nature i never really want to stop um i mean that's changed recently um a bit more like i've tried to balance my work life balance a bit better um but overall yeah that's k- kind of you know where, where i've always been yeah right right <clears throat> yeah i i feel you man i feel you totally on that so what um what are some of the like driving philosophies or approaches that 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 you 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 guys you and Andres um approach things like I feel like part of it is it feels a little bit like clerk in a way that there's like this user experience um ease of use e is just like oh this it feels like it's effortless um and so I assume there's some driving philosophy behind that how'd you get to that how are you guys so easy to use you know that I, I Floor's yours, but that's kind of yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so both Andreas and I are big into this. If the DX sucks, no one's going to use you. That's the reality yeah. that the world we live in now, right? So, like yeah. for example, the Upstash rate limit package is a good example, right? Really easy to use. That's why it's so yep. popular. That's why it does mm-hmm. almost 100k downloads a week. Is because it's yep. so popular because it's so easy. Similar with Clerk. Uh, when Clerk first started, they were a Ruby package way, 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 way back in the day before they were React components. And mm. Colin and Braden realized that, yeah, that's not going to work, is it? 
who who wants a Ruby package when the world is now in this React space, right? So they yeah, built these yeah. really easy drop-in components <laughs> that allow you to build something so quick. And if you get past the point where you don't really like those components, you can build your own with hooks. Um, and mm-hmm. and I've always had that philosophy of, would it be nice if it was just easy? How how many years did we struggle with like FTPing deployments and 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 then you have to roll them back? And if you forgot to back up, then it's a whole issue, right? Um, and and developers today are spoiled in the sense that they get this nice, oh, easy yeah. experience. So oh, our yeah. philosophies at Unkey have always been the same thing, which is if the DX is terrible, don't ship it. If the if the documentation is too complicated, then we we failed the, the people that, that we're trying to serve. We mm-hmm. want to be mm-hmm. in this space where if you're a first-time builder or you've been building for 20 years, it should be just as easy for you to build as somebody who's never built before. Um, and we drive that everywhere that we go. So, for example, when we built the wrapper for Next.js, which is just, you know, with Unkey, that's just really easy to use because you understand how middleware works or however your routes work with Unkey and you get all this nice sort of decorator around it. Um, and and we just didn't want to be another company that it takes you 30 minutes of reading the docs to even understand how the product works. Then you build it, and then it takes you four hours of debugging to then figure out how that product actually works. Um, so the philosophies really stem around DX. And then I have this big thing that uh, I know it annoys Andreas, which is like, if the docs aren't there, it's not fit, it's not shipped. Um and, and I've always been a proponent that if the docs aren't there, then what's the point? Um, so we've always built DX first, docs next, and then we kind of just try and make it as easy as possible. And it's the same for sort of, you know, if you want to op- use the open source and kind of do it yourself, we've tried to make that as easy as possible by stripping away features that like we use internally that you probably don't need. So right now, if you look at like setting up Unkey to contribute or anything like that, we only require two services, which soon will be one service. Um, and we try and strip that back as much as possible to make it as easy as possible for anybody to contribute or to self-host or whatever they want to do. And that's just the way that we feel we're different than everybody else. Um, even if you look at sort of Tyke, who is touted as this open source API gateway, it's hard. Like you need Docker mm-hmm. and then you need to like spend 40 minutes trying to get it set up. And then if it doesn't work the first time, you have to start all over again. Like we don't want that. We just want you to be able to click a button or deploy or whatever you want to do. And it's just easy. Um, and and that's kind of what we drive against. And, and everybody in the team is on the same page around it. And we just want people to enjoy building APIs. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> that's cool. So I'm, I'm really excited about like that philosophy and that being applied to the future of unkey. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to be building an API gateway, that's an edge gateway that's deployed. Oh man, that, that sounds exciting. If, if that's on the roadmap, I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> it's, it's definitely on the roadmap. Uh, we can, we can yeah. talk about the roadmap uh, a bit. If you want to want to know what kind of the future is and, and kind of where we're sitting and what we've, we've got cooking in, in the back right now. Um, yeah, let's do that. I would love love yeah. to hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we've still got what one month and a few days left in Q1. Uh, the next big thing is we're actually going to introduce a standalone rate limiter 
very similar to Upstash's kind of idea around like, hey, you can just put this somewhere and we'll rate limit for you. It's set mm-hmm. from ours will be globally distributed and you will have it fast everywhere versus just in one location. Um, mm-hmm. So we have that coming out very soon. Uh, we have some more analytical stuff coming. So you'll be able to use an owner ID. So whether that's an organization or a user and actually pull the analytical data for that user. So if they have 100 keys, you get all the data versus having to go and find all their keys first and then pull the data for each ah, one. Um, right, right. So those those kind of things just to like tighten up our DX a little bit and make it easier to either start with Unkey or use that data. Um, then in Q2, which is the one I'm really excited about, is we're going to introduce what we're calling gateway lights, uh, which will allow you to essentially get sort of DDoS protection um, without all the bells and whistles of, of having this heavy gateway. Um, mm-hmm. the idea there is that there's a point where you still want to use Unkey, but you also need some DDoS protection and some other things like analytical route data and things like that. So we're building that into, into Unkey, which is coming in Q2, uh, which is, which I think most people are going to want at some point in the very near future is like, okay, now I need this protection because I'm hitting yeah. the routes right now and that's kind of annoying. So let's just take that step away from you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just, we're thinking that don't quote me on this and you've heard it here first, but please don't quote me on this. We're going to start thinking about building out components to allow you to build some of those features in quickly. So like the create key, for example, which you kind of have to build yourself oh, today. Right. Yep. So allow you to just drop a component in that like you can then use and click a button. And now you can create keys based upon like some predefined things that you set, um, which we then think will pull some more of that DX problem away, which is it's kind of rough right now if you build your own. Um, it's not super rough, but you still have to build out a component and make it look nice. Yeah. And then you have to you like, create a hook. Create yep. a hook. And then mm-hmm. that hook then has to talk to us. And we want to remove that away too. Um, so is that like yeah. a self, uh, self-serve experience, right? Like you want to just put it in front so you're... Whoever is your client, right? Their clients can just hey request a key, but then you pretty much gave them the entire component. Yeah, okay, yep. that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, so we're 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 working on that right now, and then there are some other features in the gateway space that we're we're kind of building upon. And then one of the big features in Q two, it's not really a feature, but it's more of just like an improvement for the open source community and self hosting is we're going to move um, to a more uh, friendly authentication providers that allow you to basically not have to use Clerk. We love Clerk and we love what they're doing, but the problem is that you have to sign up for a third-party service if you want to use Unkey in its current space. Um, mm-hmm. So we're going to remove that away so that you can just self-host and, and not have to worry about that too much. Um, and then we got some just some new stuff coming along, like new landing pages, new marketing pages. We're going to work on that actual app itself and make that look nice and pretty so it's not so uh, templated mm-hmm. by two guys who have no idea what they were doing at the time, just <laughs> throwing components on a page and hoping for the best. Oh, um, man, I feel your pain, James. I feel your pain right yeah. now. One study is the same yep. way. <laughs> yep, and then uh, we're going to put uh, authorization. So we have that today, but it's in alpha, but we're going to push mm-hmm. that out into to more of a like GA release, audit logging. Mm-hmm. We just did a huge uh, overhaul of our audit logs so you can get more data, you can really drill down. Uh, we just have a lot of stuff coming along that you're going to need. And we're just basically 
Today, Unkey is all about API keys, but the future is the entire management platform from end to end. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and we're just going to do it in a way that makes sense that you progress from one to the other to the other, and you just keep building until you get to the final sort of state that you need. So whether that's, I just need rate limiting, but I don't need keys. Okay, we can offer you that. Okay, now I yeah. need keys, but I don't need a gateway. We can offer you that. Well, now I need a gateway. We can give you that too. Um, but the big focus for Q2 and, and the future is this gateway product. And we wanted to make it as easy as possible. One API call gives you the gateway. It's globally distributed. It's ready to go. And then you can start your journey from there. Love awesome. it, man. I'm excited. That's so cool. You know, it. some of that reminds me, Cesar, remember our little micro platform.dev idea? where it's like different features and it just spits out an API for key values. Anyway, I love it, man. I'm excited. Yeah. 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 That's That's cool. All right. Well, James, thanks for, for coming on. So how, how do people follow you? How do people like you've got a YouTube channel. That's pretty, pretty good. I've watched a bunch of videos of that Twitter. What's, what's all your handles? Of course, we'll put them in the descriptions too, but good for audio. Yeah. Yeah. You can find me on Twitter or X or whatever they want to be called this week. Uh, it's just James, (laughs) it's just James underscore R underscore Perkins, which is just my name. You can find me on LinkedIn the same way. If you want to use Unkey, just go to unkey.dev soon to be unkey.com. Um, but either one will still work. Uh, you can find me on YouTube. It's just my name, James Perkins, one word. Um, and yeah, that, that's basically the way you find us and you can find Andreas is Cronarch, um, everywhere. Um, he doesn't <laughs> use his name anywhere, even in our official Slack channels. He's still pretty much that. Um, you can find <laughs> us there. We, we have a discord community. If you want to come and join and chat about API or, or whatever, or try and find out more about the products. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much us. Awesome. I need to join that discord. I'm not part of that discord. All right. You I'm going to do that tonight. <laughs> We will be there for sure. James, thank you very much. It's great to have you. Good luck with your rollout with the rest of Q1, Q2. Congratulations. Definitely um, something that people should go and try out. Uh, I had a lot of fun. I'm I'm ready to kick in and start using it. So um, thank you again, uh, Rick. Thank you very much. Uh, I guess we will talk soon. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for having me. 